0: And now, Canada Hoops, hosted by Maddie Ireland.
1: Welcome back to Canada Hoops. It's your boy, Matty. As always, we appreciate the support. Continue to download us, like us, share us, retweet us. As you all know, it's March Madness, so we'll send a shout-out to all the Canadian women and men playing in their tournaments. Good luck. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me now on Canada Hoops Representing Toronto is a former Brewster Academy Bobcat, Iowa State Cyclone, and of course a veteran with Canada Basketball. He is most likely your favorite Canadian basketball player's favorite Canadian hooper. He is Melvin Edgem. Melvin, how are you doing this evening, man?
0: I'm doing well, man. I'm happy to be here. Excited to start talking about some, some informative life just stuff, man. So I'm happy here. I appreciate you having me.
1: Well, I got to say, uh, thanks to you for, for lining it up. I know, uh, it's difficult with the time change and you're overseas, but, uh, I appreciate the effort, man.
0: Oh, no problem, always.
1: Yeah. Um, I like to ask everybody when we get going, given the pandemic, you know, how have, uh, you and your family managed during this, this crazy year and this difficult time?
0: Yeah, I man, it's been tough, right. Um, for everybody, luckily for us, we've been good. Um, in the first part of the pandemic, we were in Spain. I was, a uh, Uh, finishing off my season there and uh, I think Spain had one of the worst lockdowns and one of the highest um, rates of the virus and some of the deaths um, early in it Um, so we were like on really really tough lockdowns which um, it sucks obviously no one likes that but uh, it was a blessing because we also were isolated from everything that was going on and I think that it took the right steps for us um, to be you know to be healthy and safe so luckily we haven't had to deal with any of that now I'm in Montenegro Similar situations, you know, in and out of lockdowns, but you know, my family has been good for the most part. Uh, I've only had a couple family members who've had it, uh, and all of them not, you know, very severe. So we've been lucky and blessed and, uh, uh, to, you know, be fortunate through this whole situation. How about, how about you? How's your family?
1: Uh, we've been pretty good, you know, um, knock on wood, so to speak. I actually, I tested positive for COVID-19 in December and, um, uh, got it at work. It was, we had a major outbreak, if you want to use that term, I guess. And, um, but I was very fortunate. I was pretty much no symptoms. I mean, I quarantined away from my wife and my daughter and, um, just having to isolate in that sense was the toughest part, but yeah, I was very fortunate, you know, and, um, just thankful that we had a lot of help to kind of help us, uh, manage our home and, and whatnot. And, um, Yeah, it's been difficult for everybody, you know, and uh, when I ask that question of everybody when they come on the podcast, it's just been interesting to hear, you know, how everyone has managed through that this last year, you know, and, um, you know, everybody has been in different parts of the world. You know, you mentioned a really strict, tough lockdown and other people that I've talked to, you know, it's been a little more relaxed. So the cases have been higher. So nonetheless, I'm glad to hear that uh, you and your family did well and uh, everyone's able to move forward.
0: Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. While uh, yours as well.
1: No, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. Um, well, we kind of just hit on it real quick before we recorded, but it's March Madness and the tournament kicked off officially last night with the first four uh, being in Montenegro. Have you had a chance to sort of see what teams are doing well, and have you filled out a bracket at all or anything?
0: Uh, I, haven't, I haven't filled out a bracket. Um, uh, just uh, you know, in the middle of our season, I really didn't have a lot of time, and also um i usually just follow you know a lot of the canadians i follow uh guys that i know some guys that i play with coaches <clears throat> but right. overall for the NCAA, i haven't really been as locked in because it's hard it's tough you know there's a game at 3 a.m there's a game at 6 you know it's kind of you're in and out you have games and practices and stuff like that um but i um, excited to see i mean i know that the level playing it seems like this year um and all the years in the last, past couple of years the playing field has really been leveled and there's a lot of really good teams in a lot of different conferences, so it'll be exciting to see. I think it's going to be fun. We've seen the first two games, uh, a couple games, and uh, some upsets already. And uh, I think it's going to be—I think it's going to be a really fun tournament. And it's always a, a great time. It's always a, a fun time, and you know, not just for the players, but for the you know the fans and people around the sport who like to enjoy and watch. Uh, it's always a good time. So, um, yeah, man, uh, I haven't followed so much, but I, there's a couple of teams and there's a couple of guys that I follow with and I know and 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 I kind of check up with. So.
1: Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think it's going to be a, a fun month here. And, uh, you know, the the tournament looks good so far and they're doing the best they can to manage playing in the bubble. is different, yeah. but uh, I feel like it's going to be a special month for sure. Yeah. Melvin, let's, uh, let's get into your start and your journey as a basketball player. Did you did you play other sports as well or was basketball kind of always there right in front of you, man?
0: Uh, no, I played a lot of sports, man. I really... Uh... I I really enjoyed playing sports. Um, I was kind of really active and did a lot of stuff. But in high school, I played volleyball. I did track and field. I played soccer up until I was, uh, up until high school. Um, And I really, basketball was kind of the last thing that kind of, not the last thing, but it was between, you know, I started playing soccer first and then I kind of transitioned into basketball and started developing. And then while I was doing that, I was still doing track and field. I was still doing uh, volleyball. And then kind of when I went to the States, there was no options to uh, to to do those things, and I kind of had to make a full commitment to basketball, which I kind of had already done. Um, but right. uh, it kind of limited all those other options and made me focus completely on that. But I loved I loved doing being active. I loved playing different sports. I also did cross country in, in school, uh, so I was just really active. Always like to stay in shape. Always like to just compete. You know, I just like competing, and um, and yeah, so I, I did a lot of different sports. Yeah.
1: Well, that's cool, and the is sort of a. A family affair for your family as well we we talked about that real quick before we recorded but uh your sister yvonne is uh, a lady bulldog at gonzaga and uh she's from calgary where i'm from uh so that's cool it's nice to see the family uh putting the work in and you know reaching a high level in the game man
0: yeah i mean it's not just my sister my brother ryan um he went to carlton won a bunch of championships there uh right. playing professionally overseas my brother kenny championship at humber uh, played overseas, um, and my younger brother Dion, who's at UIC right now in college basketball, um, right. and so and, you know won a, won a I think a prep school championship in in uh, uh, Rise Academy in in uh, in Brantford. Um, and, you know. So it's just it's it's a really big basketball family, um, and it's just uh, it's it's always fun. We always say that you know we have our we have our own squad, we have our own team, so you know we'll, we'll go up against anybody. But we we really enjoy the game, we really compete, we love it. And uh, like you said, it's really just a, a family affair, and we're super proud of Yvonne and what she's doing right now, and how she's playing. She's been she's been doing great, and she's been battling. So um, excited for her and, and how her future is going to be. So
1: absolutely, uh, I've been trying to follow her as much as I can and her team, and uh, there's a couple, I believe, one or two other Canadians on the uh, the squad with her. So big shout out to Yvonne as well. Then uh, I'd love to see them go deep in their tournament for sure, man. For sure, Yeah. Um. So as you start really loving the game, Melvin, and you know identifying as a hooper, who did you look up to on the court, and whose game did you really like?
0: Uh, man, the only person I really was looking up to because uh, I wasn't very good, and uh, I really like I said I played a lot of soccer. The only person I really looked up to was my uncle David. Uh, he went to Lincoln Alexander in in Malton, um, and he was kind of like the only person in our family who didn't play soccer. Uh, and he was like he, he he was really involved in basketball, and I think. Uh, you know, when I was starting to get my growth spurt and, uh, you know, he started noticing that I was kind of getting a little less coordinated in soccer. Um, And he figured like, you know, with all my height, I might as well just try basketball and kind of introduced me to it. And we started really uh, focusing on it and playing on it and training on it and doing different things. So he was, he was really my idol when it came to basketball and and I really didn't uh, look to too many other people. I really did watch a lot of uh, basketball uh, to begin with, I just kind of just liked to, to play and compete and he kind of just helped mold me and teach me. And then I met, um, a lot of other influential, uh, people in my career who helped me kind of transition from that, um, that beginning stage and the love in the sport to actually, uh, turning it into a skill and, and developing into, a, you know, the player that I came today. So.
1: Yeah. I always like asking that question cause it's, it's cool to see, you know, and hear who, uh, people have looked up to, you know, whether it's guys in the league or just people in their community or family members. I think uh, someone, uh, you know, has always given people that focus or that, that uh, spotlight, if you will, to kind of follow there. I think that's cool, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, when you moved into high school, did you play high school in Canada at all before you went down to the States to do the prep school route?
0: Yeah, I did. I went to St. Augustine in Brampton um i yeah so i grew up in in Rexha, if you're from with from the toronto area i went to elementary school over there and right. my last couple of years my mom moved and i went to saint augustine and so i was there for two years i had a great coach Romalo there my my uh 10th grade year um and allowed me to play for the senior team and really helped me to develop and do some things um but i did play there so yeah i uh, had some some fond and, and great memories there as well
1: so what um what led you to make the decision to go down to the U.S. and do the prep school route, and was was that a tough decision to make?
0: Um, absolutely, um, uh, on two folds. One, it was easy, but at the same time, it was it was difficult, uh, and uh, allow me to explain. For uh, basically, what had led me there was we had an AAU tournament. I was the CIA bounce at the time. Um, and we had tons of, of tournaments, you know, we would go to the States, um, we were playing different tournaments and this one, uh, tournament we went to, uh, in particular in West Virginia, they had a bunch of coaches there and one coach just seen a couple of our guys, um, and said, Hey, like, you know, we would love for an opportunity for those guys to come play at our school. Um, we have a private school in Maryland and, um, you know, you know, let's, let's see what could happen. And at the time I didn't really think it was going to be, you know really going to work out. I kind of just was playing, trying to, you know, see what happens, get a scholarship, just doing our, our stuff. And as we started going into it, you know, I, I started getting mixed mixed feedback. You know, some people telling me don't go, some telling me do go. You know, there was a trend of some guys who were going, you know, I think Junior Kadugan, Olu, uh, Asheville Olu, a couple other guys um, who had gone for high school. And then later would be Tristan Thompson, Corey guys, you know, you know, guys that I grew up with, playing with and stuff like that w- would end up going as well. Um, so you know, I started seeing them going, and and we kind of started seeing that it could be a good opportunity. And like I said, my coach Romalo uh, from high school is really someone that was like, "Hey, if this is an opportunity for you, let's do some research together. Let's look at it. Let's figure it out. Let's try to make the best decision on, on what's going on." Um, so we did that. My AU coach Mike George, uh, Derek Boyce, uh, Tony McIntyre at the time, all you know, were all pushing for me to go and, and to take the opportunity. Um, so. In terms of my basketball career, it was an easy choice because I knew that I was going to be able to put me in the best position uh, to be successful. But at the same time, it was really difficult because I was a fourteen-year-old kid turning fifteen, uh, leaving you know my family, my friends, um, everyone, just to go to a to you know school to play basketball. Um, and uh, that part was really tough. I know my mom, me and my mom. My mom was pregnant with my sister at the time, and she took I want to say like a thirty-six-hour trip. We we bust. Uh, we, we took the train from Toronto to Southern Maryland, and wow. uh, yeah, us and another one of my teammates at the time, Tavon Prince, um, together and went down to a, a school in, in Southern Maryland. And and uh, it was crazy. Um, and it, it was a, a, a change, you know, it was a change, it was a, it was a crazy experience for us. But also, it was a beautiful place because I met some of the greatest people or uh, some of the influential people in my life. <laughs> uh, one of our host families, um, that I live with, you know, to this day is, is my, my son's God, godparents, And, uh, you know, from that whole experience and that trip, uh, there was some beautiful uh, relationships that was created. So that's how I got in there first. So that I went to a, a small school in uh, Southern Maryland called St. Mary's Riken. And then after that year, I transferred to a Brewster Academy, which was another extremely, you know, extreme blessing. You know, I went from playing in the WCAC on a team that wasn't very good, um, doing okay, um, to, literally the best, uh, you know, uh, prep school, uh, prep school, um, arguably I would say, you know, of, a, of all time or in a long time, you know I mean? Produces tons of, of NBA players as one, uh, I think I can't remember how many national championships in the last 10 years. Um, right. uh, but you know, that was a testament to my coach there, Jason Smith and, and my AAU coach, Mike George, who kind of facilitated that and made that happen. And they seen something in me, um, that, you know, that was worth taking a shot for. And I went there and I was there for two years and played with some amazing players, some great guys, um, you know, a couple that were in the NBA and uh, had a really great experience Won a national championship there. And then from there, you know, went on to, uh, Iowa state, but it was, a, a an amazing, an amazing experience.
1: So, uh, given those two years there, and you mentioned winning the national championship in your senior year, uh, and you really elevated yourself in terms of recruiting. What uh, what were you looking at for offers and scholarships from schools?
0: Um, to be honest, there you know when you when you go through the whole uh, recruiting process, you get a lot of interest, right? So I had, a, I had tons of interest from different teams. Um, I had a lot of offers from the Ivy League schools. Um, I had a really good GPA and, and took you know took my academics very seriously. So I, I had I think pretty much every Ivy League school offered me. Um, but then when it came to other schools that had Iowa State, uh, Butler at the time, NC State came in late and a couple other schools that were kind of on the border, but offered not quite sure if they offered and stuff like that. But I had developed such a great relationship with Iowa State, um, with, uh, TJ Olsenberg, who's now the actual head coach for Iowa State, um, the last couple of days. Um, he, he really created a great relationship with me and, um, there was also a player at the time who went to Brewster Academy, Craig Brackens, who also went to Iowa State, ended up getting drafted, having a great college career, who I had also had a relationship through the school that I had went through. And uh, so this, just all these moving pieces came together and all these things I kind of just made it fall into place. And I just really, um, I was a person that at the time, um, and even still now, the relationships and the things that i built with people were, were very strong and important to me, uh, more so than, you know, other opportunities. And I felt like that was the best fit for me. And when I went there, the campus was was great. You know, I knew it was like, you know, it was in the middle of Iowa. I was gonna be able to focus on basketball. Um, and when I went there, I was blown away by, you know, the campus life and all the things. And and um, it just it just became a great a great opportunity. And, and you know, obviously, the, I had my four years there and had an awesome career. So um, yeah, that was a little bit of, of it and how how kind of all of that kind of came about.
1: Well, Melvin, uh, going to Iowa State was a great move for you, man. You're, you're a, a celebrated Cyclone. You were the Big 12 Player of the Year your senior season. Uh, you were the Big 12 Scholar Athlete of the Year twice. You scored a Big 12 record, 48 points against TCU. Uh, you know, what are your best memories being a Cyclone on and off the floor?
0: Um, obviously, I mean, the games... Uh, Hilton, you know, Cyclone, <laughs> Cyclone Magic, man, like the Hilton Coliseum, like it was crazy. Like best the fans are best nuts best there. Eh? So say that again.
1: The fans are nuts there, man.
0: Yeah, the fans, are, the fans, are, the fans are crazy. They love you. They right. support you. They show up right. all the time. Um, you know, you know. For my first year, we weren't that good, and even then, we had a really good support. And then my next three years, every year, we kind of got better. I kind of got better. The teams were better. Um, We won more games and the the atmosphere around it just grew so, you know, immensely. So now they have, you know, such an amazing one of the top fan bases, I think, in the country. Um, So it was it it was just great, man. It it was uh, it was a very fun four years. Um, But on the court, obviously, the games, you know, setting a Big 12 record, being played Big 12 player of the year. uh, Those are some things that you just never forget that, you know, that's, you know, that are kind of just accolades that that. to kind of justify that or reinforce yourself that you're doing the right thing, man, you know, cause I was the type of person that I always felt like, you know, you know, the right people, good people who do the right things get rewarded and that kind of was my motto. And, uh, I felt like the way that I conducted myself, the way that I played, the way that I worked, you know, those things got rewarded in the end. Um, and so it was kind of just reaffirming to me, you know, those, those, those accolades that, you know, I did something right while I was there. And, uh, and I had created something, but off the court, I mean, I had, <clears throat> I had so many, uh, different, you know, like I said, I took academics very seriously. So I had so many different, uh, opportunities that I thought were amazing. Like being a part of five Kappa five, uh, uh, academic uh, society, I had a cardinal key, which is a kind of like an award. They give to people on, on campus, uh, for kind of their academic success and stuff like that. And, um, you know, like all those, all those academic awards, like, I mean, there's, uh, there's a, a couple of them that that stand out, but um just in general just like i said being able to get those awards and knowing that okay i'm doing my thing basketball wise but also academically i'm taking care of business and i'm doing really well and, and i'm being celebrated on this end uh we're, we're you know we're really really cool things for me and really like i said reaffirming that you know you got to keep doing what you're doing because because you're doing something right so
1: well i'm glad you uh you mentioned the five cap Phi. i had that written down and I just thought that was really cool man i just think that you know that's something that kids can learn from and say okay yeah melvin was uh a real baller uh, during his time at iowa state but he also hit the books too and uh you know i think that should be celebrated and i think that's a a good teaching point for a lot of kids man
0: yeah i appreciate that
1: absolutely uh and just one last thing with uh, iowa state uh, it's been a, a bit of a destination for Canadians over the last uh, little while. Yep. You know, yourself, yourself, Lindell uh, Wiginton, Nazmichu uh, Long, and Muriel Shayok uh, come to mind. And, of course, uh, Bridget Carlton, yep. uh, women's side. So that's cool. It's almost like a, another Canadian you there. I like that. That's cool, man.
0: Yeah, but you're forgetting one. The one who started before me, Jamie Vanderbeeken. I think he's from okay. London, Ontario. He was there okay. the year before me, 6'10", shooter, uh, and, uh, he, he, I, I mean, I'm not sure if he was the first one, cause I'm sure there was probably others before, but he was definitely my predecessor. So, uh, you gotta, gotta remember to add him on that list too. But yeah, definitely a lot of Canadians. Uh, they see, they see where the, the uh, where the country's going where the, where the success is at, um, and the For players sure. that we're developing. So it's, it's only right. Um, but I'm, you know, really happy to be a part of that group because there was a lot of really good players that you hit, you named that went through there. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, so yeah.
1: And hopefully more to come. Exactly, yep. Um, So you leave Iowa State in 2014 and you turn pro. Uh, What was the the pre-draft process like for you in terms of the NBA draft and the workouts? Did you have to do a lot of workouts?
0: Um, Yeah, I mean, I would – I'm not sure exactly what the number most guys I think would be, uh, ex- you know, a lot of workouts, but I ended up doing 14 or 15 workouts. Um, that's, a lot. that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's at least half. Right. So, yeah. <clears throat> so I ended up doing, uh, I think 14 or 15, um, different workouts. And that was a tough, that was a tough, uh, uh, period, not because of like playing, because the playing part is easy. Right. Um, but it's just kind of like the traveling back and forth. You know, if you might have a day or two in between or uh, kind of just the, the scrutiny that you kind of put on yourself to perform and to be, uh, you know, to meet people's expectations, you know, just day in and day out, you know, is, is kind of draining. And then when you're flying from city to city and then trying to, you know, it, 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 it was fun, but it was tiring and draining at the same time. Uh, But a a beautiful experience because you kind of got to see the inside of to what they what they're looking for, how they evaluate um, the things that they think are important or the things that they do, the processes that they have. And you get a firsthand experience of it. Right. And and that's invaluable. Um, So it was uh, like I said, it was kind of a bit of both. It was really fun. I I met a lot of great people. I had some great workouts. I met some great people uh, in the NBA front office. Um, But it was also tough because it, it was very demanding. It was a very demanding to, you know, two months you know from or three months from when you start working out and training to once you actually get on the scenes and you get to the workouts um but uh super fun time yeah
1: well although you were undrafted uh you were with san antonio for the summer league there um and then you headed to italy for that season Mm -hmm. and then you came back and then you played really well with the orlando magic in the 2015 nba summer league and that led to a, a training camp uh contract and i remember the chatter at the time among canadian basketball fans that hey you know melvin edgum is a is an nba player he just needs that opportunity um you know with your mindset coming out of the the training camp and that contract and then uh you got waived um did you let it deter you much or you're like okay we're just gonna move ahead and this is what we got to do
0: no i mean I mean, obviously at the time, it's it's always very frustrating when you feel like you have an opportunity that you couldn't have capitalized on or could have transitioned into something better. Um, But I was always a, a, you know, a realist. And I felt like, um, you know, there's a lot of great players in the world and not everyone gets to play in the NBA. Um, There's a lot of, you know, good people out there. And sometimes opportunities, you know, don't happen for people. You know, it could be, you know the best player or the best situation. And sometimes something is off and it just doesn't happen. And I feel like that was the situation for me everywhere I went, you know, everyone I interacted with, obviously they always told me that I had the ability and uh, you know, the talent to play, uh, but just sometimes it just didn't work out. So Orlando, it was a kind of like a tight window that just didn't, didn't really work out. Um, but I had a, you know, I had a great time there and I really enjoyed it. I had, and, and I think I gained so many more experiences from that time there and the opportunity. So no, it didn't deter me. Um, because I had already played a year overseas, um, I kind of, you know, had the mindset of, you know, if the NBA is going to happen for me, it's going to happen for me. Um, I'm not going to, you know, I'm just going to do my best to to be my best, at, you know, at all times that I can be. And if it happens, it happens. And if not, then I go back to going to Europe and making a great living and, uh, you know, enjoy my time with my family and, and, and living life. Right. So <clears throat> I think that kind of what happened. Um, uh, you know, I knew that if there was a chance that I did not make the team that I could be playing on the D league team. So I ended up playing with them and some things happened with the team. Also like, you know, they had made some trades um, and it was kind of was like, you know, there was no, there was no chance. I think they had no more uh, uh, roster spots at, at some point during the G league tenure. And it, it didn't make sense for me to still be there. Um, so I ended up going back, going to Venice um, for the first, for the first couple of months And then, yeah, next month, next year, we had a great team, won the Italian championship, and then kind of the career kind of took off and and went in some different directions after that. So, yeah.
1: Well, I appreciate that uh, reflection just on the, uh, the NBA opportunity and not really dwelling too much and moving forward, man, because I want to get into, you know, your time in Europe and you're right, you know, there's a a lot of great players all over the world. Not everybody's going to get, you know, to play in the NBA and then your time overseas has been, uh. Very successful. I'm curious with stops in Italy and Russia, Spain and now Montenegro, uh, you know, what's been the best part about playing overseas and maybe, you know, a, a favorite stop so far that you might have?
0: Um, Man, the best part, I mean, honestly, I think the best part is just uh, for me is just like immersing myself in these different cultures right like everywhere we go you get to meet different people you get to meet different ways of thinking different languages different mindsets like just you know different experiences and I feel like that stuff is invaluable Um, you know whenever you uh, stop playing or whatever you interact with people in life I feel like having those um, experiences and those those different having the ability to understand different people and not just to understand them like language, but to understand the way they think or why they think, how they interact with people, you know, different, you know, just different things. I think that's, that's super important. And I think that's been great for me. And also I think exposing my family to that as well, because sometimes, I mean, I'm sure, you know, you know, more than 20 people who've never left Calgary or who've never, uh, explore too much or, or done much, um, but wish they could. And, uh, right. I, having the opportunity to, to do that with my family, to bring them out here, uh, to experience these different cultures, to learn these different things has been, has been really awesome. Um, and in terms of favorite spots, man, honestly, I've been in so many really good cities, um, and also yeah. traveling, you know, literally every, every other week, um, every, every two weeks, I'm in a different country. I'm in a different part of Europe, uh, uh and I'm getting a chance to like I said, see these people, see these different cities, see these places that everyone goes on for a vacation, and I get to go here for free and, and, and to play basketball. Uh, so um, that part's been great. But I, like I said, I've been to a lot of really, really awesome places. I was in Rome my first year, <clears throat> and that kind of spoiled me, um, you know, like late nights to the Coliseum or to, to the Vatican or whatever. That, that, that was really cool. Venice, another amazing city, Um, the gondolas, and just the city, and not even just Venice, outside of Venice, it has some beautiful, uh, beautiful places as well, and then Malaga, I was in Spain, in Malaga, on Andalusia, which is the uh, southern part of Spain, which was a beautiful place, amazing beaches, Um, and and Russia uh, was a very interesting, but also really cool experience, because I feel like... Because of media and uh, movies and different stuff, we have a certain outlook of, of people from Russia or how they, you know, right. how, how Russians are, how it is to live in Russia. Um, but it's, it's some parts are similar and parts are extremely different than I think than uh, what people think. And it was a really cool experience to go out there and live there. And, and I was in a, a city called Kazan, uh, which was a really, really beautiful city. And uh, my son and, and got to experience snow for the first time. So it, was a, it holds a really good um, memory in in our family, um, and then Montenegro has been awesome too. So I've just been kind of gotten getting the ability to explore a little bit more with some of these lockdowns being lifted and go to see more most of the country. But honestly, I like I said, I've been fortunate enough to be in some really amazing countries and to see some different stuff. So it's hard. I always get asked which was your favorite stop, um, but uh, all these countries have been really good for different parts of of. of of our lives and, and things, and I think like every place we've been has been a place that we needed. Um, so it's it's been awesome.
1: That's cool, man. I appreciate that. do uh, You got a wild um, fan moment or story, just in terms of how passionate the fans are over there. Is there a, a story that really sticks out to you so far?
0: Um, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. There's there's just so many. I mean, you literally have fans, um, you know, lining up throwing flares, firecrackers when you come in, when you win big games or, like, right. when you won the championship. Um, and, uh, you know, certain fans are – certain fan bases are better than others. Um, um, and uh, – but uh, I don't know. I don't have too many uh, crazy, uh, crazy stories that I can tell um, in terms of that. But I think that there's been a lot of really good places where I've had some really great interactions with with, uh, with the fans, Yeah. So.
1: Awesome. um well, Melvin, obviously on Canada hoops, we like to talk Canada basketball and yeah. our our Canadian Hoopers. And a a common message about you when I chatted with your teammates on the podcast is how much they love and respect you for what you've done in terms of always sacrificing and soldiering on to play for Canada. And true fans of the program are well aware of how much you've done as well. Uh, you know, we just want to. Shout you out, man. We truly appreciate you always uh, doing whatever you can to play for Canada, man.
0: I appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you're you're right in the thick of Canada basketball at the moment. You know, you, you played for Canada at the FIBA World Cup in 2019. And just kind of alluding to the sacrifice, you know, you had to miss the birth of your second son, Miles, to represent Canada at the FIBA World Cup. Um, you know, and just tying into that, guys with the program, they've said, hey, Melvin's a guy like Corey Joseph and Kelly Olenek are shouting you out as a guy who, to them, as a heart and soul guy for the the program. What does it mean when vets like that are saying that and then, you know, people are recognizing just how much you've, you've sacrificed to play for the country?
0: I mean, man, it's, like I said, it's always dope. It's always dope. It's always cool when you get uh, – Uh, affirmation that you're doing the right thing you know what I mean and to have guys uh, of their caliber you know who are in the NBA who've been with great players who who understand the game who understand sacrifices and different roles it's I always appreciate when they take their time to say that because they don't have to say it you know what I mean and uh, um, for them to say it means that they really mean it and uh, I I really appreciate that and and and, uh, and that means a lot for me Um, but, uh, in terms of the role, I I think it's, you know, I always, I love representing Canada. I, I try to do it as much as I can. Um, I know the value of doing it, um, the importance of doing it. And, uh, and, um, it's just, it's just an amazing thing. I think our country has so much to, to offer and so much more room to grow in terms of the sport, in terms of basketball and in terms of our success, um and and i just want to be a part of that you know whatever piece that i can do uh to be a part of that and and every time that we get opportunity i think it's great that guys you know different guys have the opportunity to do that as well but i mean i just i just i just try to come and play and work and work hard and, and represent my family or represent uh myself and and also the country so um i appreciate those guys taking the time to say that and um yeah, it's just kind of just a part of as a part of who I am, um, just, you know, kind of always just trying to uh, do the right thing, play the right way, um, do what we need to. And I, I'm like like those other experiences in life, uh, it's always great when you have affirmation uh, from your peers or from coaches or, you know, from whoever from the country or, or for people who watch and our fans. Like, hey, we respect what you do. We see what you do. Um, and uh, thank you for doing it. Right. So it's always so is always, uh, always great.
1: Well, yeah, like you know, I'll, I'll shout you out on behalf of supporters and and everyone else that follows the program. I, you know, I I'm well aware of what you've done to make it happen. You no, know, we appreciate that, and uh, you know, you need the love, and um, you know, you're starting to become one of these guys, Melvin, in terms of the program where you're starting to really see the talent explode because you've started a few years ago now, and you've You played with a young Jamal Murray at the Pan Am Games and alongside veterans like uh, Carl English, who was a friend of Canada Hoops. And now you're, um, you know, you've seen a wide range of guys. Um, How do you how do you feel about the program at the moment and just the amount of talent? Because it sure feels like, you know, Canada is ready to put the world on notice, man. Uh,
0: First, two things. First, I want to say shout out to my wife uh for uh allowing me to have those things because obviously without her sacrifice without her understanding for a lot of the things uh that i get to do on the court i wouldn't be able to right so shout out to her um second man two things i feel great about where the program is at because we're trending upwards we have a lot of great talent we have guys that are been doing amazing things i mean shay Gildas Alexander, Jamal Murray, you know, guys that are really, you know, coming into their own on the NBA scene, on the national scene, we have RJ doing his thing, uh, but on the second hand, it sucks because I feel like I'm getting old now. Like I, I think I was telling them the last time, <laughs> um, I, I was like like the second or, or the or the third oldest person on the team. When usually I'm right, you know, I'm right in the middle of the mix, or I'm one of the younger guys. So now it's kind of like, wow, I'm 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 the old, like I'm really the old head, not just because I played for a couple years, but like I'm really like the old guy. Uh, so it's, it's, it's twofold. One is kind of, it's kind of aging me. It's kind of telling me, you know what, uh, you know, you're getting old, uh, but at least you still got it a little bit. And two uh, it's amazing to see where the program is at because you've really, uh, they've really done a great job of developing the, the talent, giving guys the opportunity young to be a part of the program and to grow and really um, now putting ourselves in, in the best positions to, uh, you know, to get to the to the podium, to get to the Olympics, to to represent Canada and to do it on, on, on different on different stages and different events. Um, and, and that's the goal, right? So I think that the program has been really great. You know, for me personally and for a lot of these guys, has given them the opportunity to to showcase and to play and to represent their country all in, you know, all in a perfect perfect environment and with people and a team that really care about your growth and your development. Um, so the program has honestly just been amazing. Uh, the coaches have been great. Um, you know, big shout out to Jay Triano, who who kind of was the one person who kind of seen the potential that I could bring to the program and brought it in. And, and now we have a, a new great coach. I mean, who wouldn't want to be coached by an NBA, uh, um, you know, NBA champion, right? Um, so right. it's it's the program is trending upwards. You know, Rowan and Glenn are doing a great job of of really um, spearheading everything that we need. In order to become one of the you know the top countries and i think that the talent is there the the environment is there you know um now we just have to get the results and that's going to come with you know commitment that's going to come with guys always showing up and being prepared and sacrificing and taking the time to to represent their country like a lot of these other countries do and i think that like stuff like guys like kelly Guys like uh, Corey and me, who are always kind of involved in showing, okay, guys, you know this is this is the way we kind of got to do it. It's gonna, right. uh, you know, prove and show that example for the future generation and guys, and, and hopefully, um, it's gonna become, uh, you know, something that's gonna result into those those successes and into that uh, that medal on the podium. So,
1: yeah, it's it's an exciting time. I know, uh, you know, there's been a lot of chatter, especially we had to postpone the qualifying tournament in Victoria. Uh, from last summer, and now hopefully it'll be a go this summer. Um, you mentioned Nick Nurse. I wanted to ask you about him. Uh, what was it like to play for him at the World Cup? Because I had uh, Keza on the podcast, Keza Kajami Keen, and yeah. you know Keza was just talking about Nick being a guy. He just gives his players a lot of confidence, you know. And yeah. Coach Coach Nurse described you as uh, you know Canada's X Factor. Going into that tournament, and he's a big fan of your game. You mentioned him. What's what's it like to play for him?
0: Yeah, I mean, just like Kay said, honestly, he he's one of the biggest confidence givers, um, uh, you know, coaches um, that I've that I've had the pleasure of playing for. I have a, a, another a lot of couple who've also been like that. Um, but he he and his mentality and the way that he likes to play and the fast pace and the shooting uh, really is uh, player friendly. You know what I mean? And guys like to play that way. Um and he gives guys the confidence to go out there and to do it um so he he's been great uh he's a great communicator as well and uh um he's uh you know i think that with him at the helm it is gonna be even even better um for our trajectory and how how canada can do um but he he was he was an awesome coach um and uh like like Keza said he he is a a really positive energy giver and kind of you know gets the most out of guys
1: yeah for sure he seems like a guy everybody just wants to compete for, you know, he's a fun guy. He likes to play his music. He's, you know, he's jamming on the guitar and he just, he seems like a player's coach, you know? Yeah. Um, Just over the years playing for Canada, Melvin, what have been your best memories uh, playing for Canada and maybe some favorite teammates or guys you didn't know so well before you got into the program and then you developed uh, some friendships with any, any memories or, or teammates stand out?
0: I mean, man, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, obviously, Carl, man. I didn't know anything about Carl uh, right. until I came. I think a couple, uh, a couple of workouts, I came in, and this dude just comes in and just lights everyone up. And uh, he was, he was one of those kind of contagious uh, uh, guys that just kind of this can always kind of make everyone laugh and smile. And he was a good guy. Um, <laughs> Who else? Obviously, Joel was a vet, you know, it was great yeah. meeting him and, uh, you know, seeing yeah. all the success that he had and then being able to kind of uh, pick his brain about different things and just kind of look and see his leadership and kind of how he, he's a man of, of action and I'm really a man of words. And, and I always right. appreciated and respected the way that he led uh, a lot of our programs and a lot of those teams. Uh, Levon, uh, you know, he, he was a guy that I really didn't know anything about. And his energy, like he's one like he, he has one of the most contagious energies um, and uh, his love for music and for people and his story about, you know, his family and his, and his things that he's had to overcome. Another great guy. But honestly, I literally can go through the list. And every person has like I, have a, I think I have a special relationship with in some way. Um, and uh, and could have, you know, and have some great relationships with, obviously, Corey. I've been playing against Corey since we were, we were kids. Uh, Tristan been playing since we were kids. And just so, so many different different stories and different uh, relationships that we've built throughout the program. Um, but those are a couple of the guys that kind of stuck out to me that, um, you know, were always great guys. Jermaine Anderson, man, he was like, you know, his nickname is Rock. And, and he literally mm-hmm. was a Rock. Like, he was the one guy. Him and Javon Shepard, the one guys that I knew kind of growing up, and, and Andrew, Junior Andrew Kadugan that I knew growing up, that i seen play, that I knew their names. And when I got there, it was like, okay, it's, you know, it's all love. This is, you know, they showed you the ropes. They understood stuff. And even today, to this day, you know, I could hit any of those guys up and, and talk to them about basketball or life or anything. So, like, like, like I said, there's literally too many people. Um, there's sure. literally. Literally every every summer, it, it's uh, at the time summer. Now it's, it's it's throughout the whole year. But every time we got together, it was it's such a great, uh, amazing exp- uh, You know, atmosphere and experience, um, and like it always kind of just fostered that, that those relationships. And I always I always really appreciated those times.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, those are some of many names, I'm sure. And uh, you know, Carl uh, has been very good to us on Canada hoops. Uh, it's treated me very well. Big out, uh, big shout out, Carl, and I've had Javon Shepard on, and Shep's uh, another supporter, and just the names that you've mentioned—you uh, know, just true warriors of the program and guys that need to get a lot of love, man. We appreciate. Yeah. That. Um, one last question I asked Kaza about this on his episode too. I'm curious through the last year with the pandemic and then the delay of the qualifying tournament—is um, are the coaching staff? in constant contact with you guys and just kind of checking in, going on zoom calls, so to speak and seeing how everyone's doing. And then is there a plan to really bring a lot of guys, uh, into Victoria, uh, just to kind of create a pool of players to kind of go into that tournament with what's the whole message right now, or maybe you can't tell me, I don't know.
0: I mean, I mean, uh, (laughs) <laughs> to, to be honest, we've had a couple of calls, um, and I think both times I had a game like the same time as the call. So I kind of okay, got okay. The, the rundown and the scoop from all the other guys. Um, but they, they've they been in great communication with us. They've been talking to us about different stuff. In terms of Victoria per se, there's a lot of logistics stuff that we don't know about just because of COVID, because of, uh, of FIBA and different things. So they haven't really told us that most of the information was with these last couple of windows and kind of how they're going about um, you know, health protocols with players and different things, and checking in with guys health wise. Um, but they've, you know, they're, like I said, Rowan and Glenn, the staff that they have, uh, you know, are, are, are amazing. And the guys that they have to communicate with us daily, um, you know, just in terms of, not even just in terms of the upcoming competition, but just in terms of our, our general health um, during this period. And then, you know, our, our careers uh, have been great. So, um, in terms of Victoria, honestly, uh, I don't, I don't know what they're planning on doing. I would assume that they are planning on having, you know, a, a good pool of people that they can, can pull from. And then, you know, obviously like every time wind it down to, uh, you know, competition, uh, group and, and, uh, and go from there. Um, but, I'm positive that it's going to be a really good team that's going to be in Victoria and uh, the best team for us to, uh, you know, to qualify. So.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. I mean, you got a better insight than I do, but I know that the chatter amongst the Canadian basketball community is like, Hey, we're ready to do this. And everyone's really, everyone's really excited to see, uh, you know, who's there and who can play for Canada and help us qualify for the Olympics. Uh, Melvin, I love to ask this question to everybody when they come on to Canada. Hoops, who is your top five of all time for Canada basketball?
0: Oh man, oh, I'm not gonna be good at this top top five,
1: and it can be any generation, anybody you want, and you know you're you're a big part of the program you know throw yourself into it. I'm good with that too.
0: nah, I wouldn't never put myself in there um I mean, I'm just going to give you my favorites. I don't know if it's, like, the top. I don't know. I'm just going to tell you. Yeah, um, yeah obviously, Steve. Um, obviously, I'm going to say Jay Triano. He's um, coach and a player, you know. Um, For sure. Uh, Rowan. Um, I mean, these are guys that made it to the Olympics, are trying to do the things that we're trying to do, represent at a high level. Oh, my next two. um Top five, top five. Um, it's tough. It is, it is, it is. Um, I don't know. I don't know. it's too many people. You know, you know, you don't want to say you. Yeah, I know. You just, you don't want to leave anyone out, you know what I mean? Because there's so many good people. But I mean, uh, I don't know. That's well, my I'm, not sure how,
1: I'm not sure how many guys are listening to the podcast, but we'll go, <laughs> we'll, we'll go with it, you know?
0: Oh, man. Top five. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to give you three, and then I don't know about the next two.
1: It's, okay. Well, I, I'll I'll I, I don't
0: really. Yeah.
1: I'll hit you up in a couple of weeks on Twitter, all and I'll right, say, cool. okay, bro. I need two more guys moving. All
0: right, cool, cool. You need uh-huh. two more to finish off the list. I got you. I'll think about Think about it. Oh,
1: for sure. For sure. Uh any last shout outs or thank yous, Melvin? To just anybody you want to shout out?
0: Um why not? Um Jay Chiano, appreciate you. A lot of love. Cool. Nate Mitchell, a lot of cool. love. Dave Love, fellow uh uh um Albertian. How how would you say that?
1: Uh, well I am actually well I, we live my family and I live in uh, Alberta, but I'm not an Albertan. I don't ever like to kind of say that, but... Albert. okay. But yeah, they're, they're Albertans, or we're Albertans, I guess, is my home now.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, Dave Love, yeah. uh, he's out there from Calgary. Um, yeah. Um, my wife, my mom, shout out you guys, love you guys. Um, For sure. National Team, Team Canada, all the mandem, the guys in the group, you guys know who you are. Um, yeah, just a lot of love. Uh, you know, CIA bounced. Coach Mike, Coach Derek, Coach Tony, everybody involved in the program. Cool. Um, yeah, Saint Augustine. Yeah, that's it. Love you guys. Well, I love it. Well, I love uh,
1: I love how many people you recognize. It can clearly, uh, you know it takes people to help people get where they're where they're going and where they're at. For sure. so that's cool, man. Melvin, uh, really appreciate you coming on Canada Hoops and joining us. You know, really thankful for everything you've done to sacrifice and play for Canada. Uh, You'll always be a friend of Canada Hoops sir Melvin. Much love to you, man.
0: I appreciate that. Thank you.
1: All right. Take care, man. Stay safe.
0: Will do. You too. Well, that's a wrap on
1: another episode of Canada Hoops. I want to thank Melvin Edgem for pulling up. I want to thank you for listening. Continue to download us, like us, share us, tell a friend to tell a friend. Until next time, I'm your boy, Matty. Thank you for listening to Canada Hoops.